right, welcome back to episode two of Teach Me to Football. I'm uh, bringing the intro in. This is Dubs talking about football like we always do on this podcast <laughs> for the second time. Wait, 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 stay that, yeah. <laughs> we stay up to date. Hey, hey, I try my best. Let us know. Second episode ever of the greatest podcast ever. I tell you what, this is going to be the number one podcast on all iTunes, Google Play. Everywhere you get your podcast at. Total. With a total whopping. We nine listens <laughs> on our first episode. This is massive. All right? We almost hit double digits. You know, how great this is. Yeah, if yeah. we don't get a $100 million deal from Spotify like Joe Rogan, this podcast is failure. All right? So yeah, if Anchor is owned by Spotify. Oh, so there we go. <laughs> we are That's on the off. way, dude. We are halfway there. I'm going to throw it to my co-host to my right over here. Uh, it is... Uh, me, uh, Team Go DJ. Um, yeah, I don't know. How you guys doing? <laughs> doing good. Had a rough week with fantasy this week, but. I know. actually pulled out my first win. Uh, Woo! Way to go, out. Luckily. There, there you go. There you go. And then I got my my brother from another mother right across from me. That's me. Yeah. That's, me. that's, uh, that's Tiny. T the I to the end of the Y. Also known as well, currently right now it's a no Quan no cry is the team name. Not really a big fan of the whole Saquon I miss. Well, it was it was Saquon I miss you, but then I have to like stick with Minshew on my team. Yeah, but if anybody knows, I don't the see original, that being such a problem. I, it might, but he's like a streamer. But my original name <laughs> was Quan Barkley in the Wallers. Yeah, and that was homage to Bob Mark Bob Marley in the Whalers. So, you know, one of their songs is "No Woman No Cry," so I just changed it to "No Quan No Cry." Yeah, <laughs> so you just got to stick with the theme. <laughs> so I was kind of interesting. I'm glad we got this podcast going because something came across that I really want to talk about. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know who Colin Coward is, but for the audience, he is a pretty much talking head. He's like Stephen A. Smith, um, uh, Skip Bayless. He really gives a lot of opinion on what's going on. One thing that really bugs him, I do not understand why. Maybe you guys could tell me what you think about this is that he hates it when players have their hat backwards or turned sideways. Uh, back in 2011, he did it with Matthew Stafford. He said, uh, enjoy watching the game from your couch and your backwards hat, even though Stafford has probably been the most loyal team to the worst organization <laughs> in the NFL. I know you heard that, Gabe. Uh, <laughs> and then you also hear about Tony Romo and DeMarco Murray back in 2015, where DeMarco had his hat sideways. Tony fixed it, made it straightforward. And uh, Colin loved that. He was trying to explain that it's like a, a organization that he's upholding on his head and it should look professional. Um, and then this past week, he gave it to Carson Wentz, which I don't understand what his situation or fascination is with backwards hats. Like, why do you guys think that's a problem? I don't see it as a problem. Like, you want to wear your hat backwards, wear your hat backwards. Maybe he's got a problem with, like, symmetry. And everything's got, like, a <laughs> or something. He could have ADHD. You never know. Maybe, maybe. maybe it's an OCD thing. Yeah, well, he's probably just staring at the screen, wanting, like, itching to turn that guy's hat around. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I just don't understand on my, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to really stretch out the fact that people have to wear their hat a certain way. Yeah, I don't you really, know. I don't really see it as being too big a problem. I mean, coaches are out there in like tracksuits sometimes, you know what I mean? So maybe if it was, it was like uh, maybe back in the day with Tom Landry and out there in a suit, yeah, then true. maybe, yeah, I you know, that, it could be a thing. But nobody does that anymore. It's exactly. just a different league. So, like, I mean, yeah. Belichick's out there with just sleevesless sweaters and a hoodie. It's like 
I, don't know, I mean, son's I, out there with the mullet. What are we doing? Like, I don't understand why the hat is such. Yeah, a see, they don't wear hats. That's why it's not bugging. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, just, a, I think it's just a weird thing, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna give somebody a hard time. Somebody needs to like tweet this dude. I would love to know what he thinks about all Cam Newton's hats. Yeah, that's the point. Because he wears some pretty crazy things, and none of them are, you know. They were with Carolina Panthers, and none of them now in New England. But it's just – I just think it's something that I, I think it's just insane for someone just to get so upset about someone's look when it comes to being professional. Yeah. So, I don't know. I get the level of professionalism is, like, you wearing your hat backwards is, I guess, back in the day, like a hipster thing. But yeah. I get it. Like, but that, I mean, if they're showing up, like, pregame, walking in or, like, at a conference, maybe, yeah. But out on the sidelines, it shouldn't be a thing. No, not really at all. I think it's the funniest thing when he says that uh, – he says the hat's supposed to face forward because it's supposed to block the sun from your eyes. And I'm like, of course, that's what hats are for, cowboys hats. Every hat you can think of is like that. But to make it a mandate that you have to wear it forward does not make any sense. But, yeah. Anyways, let's throw it over to my man, T.I. over here, Oscar, and uh, we'll talk about the top tens. Top tens. <laughs> All right, listen up. Let me speak. It's the top tens of the week. All right, let's pop this off, starting with the top ten QBs. Uh, number one was Pat Mahomes. Kind of a surprise going into Sunday uh, or Monday night, I guess, because Russell Wilson and Josh Allen blew up, so you would think that they would be the number one. Uh, but Pat Mahomes, he went 31 for 42, 385 yards, four passing touchdowns. He also had another four rush attempts for 26 yards and another rushing touchdown, putting up 51.85 points. That just freaking boggles my mind. It's against Baltimore. And I thought that was the one defense that could slow the Chiefs down, and they didn't. Yeah, that was insane. Great performance by Pat. Definitely went off. Uh, And then uh, Russ Wilson at number two, Josh Allen number three, Dak Prescott number four. Followed by Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ryan Fitzmagic, and then Kyler Murray uh, coming in at number 10. Lamar Jackson was number 23 this week. He only had 97 passing yards uh, and 83 rushing yards. He had 17.15 points. That definitely hurt my team this week. Yeah, that was a rough one. Uh, that's just crazy. For the Where you drafted him, you expect so much more production. Maybe maybe because Kansas City probably studied a lot of tape. I'm not 100% sure. Cause it just—it just didn't seem like Lamar was the Lamar that he was last year. Well, that's two weeks in a row. Last week he was low points. If it wasn't for that week one game against Cleveland, he'd be real low in the rankings. Uh, he is at number number t- thirteen right now. Uh, I think through the season. Uh, but yeah, if it wasn't for that Cleveland game, I think he'd be a lot lower. Ooh, definitely um, worth that second round pick. Um, yeah, <laughs> the top four qu- quarterbacks this week were the top four through the season. I mean, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is actually number five. But, I mean, do you guys think this is going to be the top five rest of the season? It yeah. might be with, with Dak being the way he's playing for the Cowboys. I mean, he's always playing from behind, so he's always trying to catch up. Most of his uh, points are coming from yardage, though. Yeah. He's not yeah. really getting in the end zone. Well, he had three, he had yeah, three yeah, rushing three. touchdowns last week against the Falcons. Yeah, he had three passing touchdowns this week. Yeah, he was able to throw the ball a lot. Two, Cedric Wilson from? Boise State. There we go. That's right. Uh, and then you see Russell Wilson doing what he does. Always with DK Metcalf, who had a crazy – 
fumble out of the end zone for a touchback. No, like the Ajax celebration. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> reminding me of. And then Tyler Lockett, three touchdowns, 20 yards. I mean, he had a great game uh, in Seattle. One, so uh, receiver this week. Yeah. Just like, Russell knew who to get the ball to. Seattle has finally decided not to be that run first team. And they're yeah. just letting Russell throw the ball. Right. Uh, finally, dude. Yeah. And I th- hopefully, I mean, obviously I'm not a Seahawks fan, but uh, hopefully he gets his MVP. Yeah. At least a vote this year. Yeah. yeah. You know, he had that great season last year. There was talks about MVPs. He didn't get a single vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, he, he's got to be in the MVP talks now. I mean, Josh Allen's on there as well for having great games these past few weeks. But, I mean, Russell has probably been the most consistent thing out of Seattle since their last Super Bowl win. You guys think uh, Lamar is going to be in the top five this uh, week or in no, the end like of the season? by end of season? He, he, he needs to turn it around some way by, by getting the ball down the field. He has Mark Andrews there to throw to. Uh, he has Hollywood Brown. But I don't know anybody else that he could really depend on to catch the ball for him down there. So it's kind of – Miles Boykin? Yeah. Boykin, he's a really sneak. Right? Well, Willie Steve has also been pretty dependable as well, but it's just being there every week in and week in, week out. For me, um, I, I think I could just – top 10, yes. Top five, I don't really think I see him in there. Yeah. I yeah. need to figure out the backfield in there too because I, right. I, I think it was a crazy stat. was like uh, Mark Ingram led in rushing – or no, he was led in carries. J.K. Dobbins led in snaps, and Gus Edwards led in rushing yards. Yeah. So it's just just a, a mess over there. Oh, that's, that's John Harbaugh just using his creative mind to get stuff out there for all the players that he has. But, but if it's not consistent, yeah, you got to yeah, make adjustments. You yeah. might as well make one of Belkow's. Well, we got to realize that this season we've had no preseason game whatsoever. So these packages that they're trying to run out there are pretty much what they, what they write in practice, but they haven't ran it against a scrimmage or somebody they would do in preseason. So. Yeah, it's something they would have tried in preseason. And yeah. It's kind of showing, but I think, yeah, we could probably wait till about week five and then mm-hmm. you really kind of see how these offenses form yeah. because everybody figured that because of the no preseason, the whole COVID situation, that a lot of teams are going to rely more on their run game to start out. And it's yeah. not really looking that way. There's That's been so many high-end passers this, these past, these first three weeks. It's, it's pretty crazy. And then Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he, if he keeps doing what he's doing now, I mean, there's no way we can't give him MVP again. Like, he has to win it with the way he's producing. His team is undefeated. He's putting up great numbers. Um, he has great targets in Tyree Kill, uh, the rookie. Uh, Clyde. Ed, yeah, Clyde. I want to say Bel Air because all these fancy names I've seen. <laughs> I just want to keep saying Bel Air, but I know that's not his name. Uh, it's Edwards Hilaire. No, it's Hilaire. I thought the H was Sal. Oh, is it? He, I, I thought it was Hilaire. The H was Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, that's, I knew something every day. Um, and then you also, like I said, Tyree Kill. You have uh, Hardman. Uh, Sammy Watkins got hurt last week. I'm not sure how much he was affected this month. But, I mean, those targets for Patrick are always countable. You have to cheat out there, catching anything you throw down the field to catch. I mean, you're going to have a great season when you have targets like that. Yeah, that, that offense is just so high-powered, dude. I mean, and Andy Reid is a great coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Andy Reid is a great coach. Yeah, I mean, what, like once they got into the second half of the game, you see the Chiefs were just trying random stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to see if it would work. I mean, I think they threw a touchdown to Eric Fisher. Yeah. Offensive lineman, like, <laughs> yeah. what, what are we doing? Stuff, that's crazy. It's man. just backyard ball over there. Yeah, he outperformed Mark Andrews and Mark Ingram. So, yeah, and I'm pretty sure Kelsey was pretty pissed about that touchdown, <laughs> too. I was pretty pissed. About that I was that happy. <laughs> I was playing or playing a Kelsey, and I didn't want him to score. Yeah, all right, let's get into the uh top 10 running backs. Uh, number one was Alvin Kamara, uh, he only had six rushing attempts. Uh, for 58 yards, but 14 targets, 13 receptions, 139 yards, and Ooh. two touchdowns. Wow, uh, 46.7 points 
Uh, and he's actually the number one running back uh, through the year. Um, guys is definitely showing what he can do. I mean, Alvin Kamara was was a guy that last year didn't perform that great, I think, uh, early on. And what's crazy in the rumor mill is that the New Orleans Saints were thinking about trading him because they didn't want to sign him to a long-term deal. Honestly, yeah. I think that was just a – I was – I think Kamara was bluffing and the Saints called him on it. Well, saying, I, we'll shop you. We don't care. The way that I heard it was that the free agent told uh, NFL Network that he didn't request a trade, but New Orleans was trying to shop him out to see who was willing to take him and pay him. But they were like, no, we got to keep him. And, like, he's paying dividends for New Orleans right now because he's yeah. putting up some great numbers. And receptions. I, I mean, is that maybe just due to Michael Thomas not being there? I that, mean, that could be the case, but they also have Emmanuel Sanders, who's a, who's a really great veteran. He's had some there. pretty bad drops in the first couple weeks. really any time with the team either. I mean, like you said, there hasn't been a preseason or anything. So. Right, that's a good point. I mean, um, I'm not sure who else Drew Brees get the ball to. I'm not sure who their tight ends there anymore. But I don't think Drew Brees was right. like Drew Brees. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it's his accuracy is dipping a bit. Yeah, and I don't know if maybe he's lost a little bit of arm power or something, but it just looks like his accuracy is just not the same as it was in previous years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If he lost some arm strength, that's why he's dumping it off to Kamara right. thirteen times. <laughs> right. Who's number two? Number two was Rex Burkhead. Uh, kind of crazy. Both both <laughs> what? Uh, the top two running backs only had six rushing attempts, but yeah. Rex Burkhead had two rushing touchdowns. He also had seven receptions, forty nine yards, and another uh, receiving touchdown. Um, so he had thirty four point eight points. Uh, number three was Austin Eckler, also kind of the same thing. He had 11 receptions uh, for 84 yards, um, 11 receptions on 11 targets. He's at 16 on the year and caught every single one. That's crazy. Uh, so it is pretty crazy. Yeah. That's, you don't see him, 100% catch rate in the NFL. Right, that's hard. You call him like the football magnet or something because like, <laughs> he's not dropping anything. I, know, and I think, I mean, Justin Herbert is definitely kind of a, in my opinion, kind of an upgrade here because, I mean, Austin Eckler is producing. And then Keenan Allen this week had 19 targets. Um, so he definitely likes peppering his uh, mm-hmm. key, key players there. Yeah. Uh, number four was James Robinson. Uh, he was on my bench. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, yeah, yeah I, I can't even justify but the funny thing but is, But the funny thing is, is you listen to the experts, and they told you that, like, you know, know what? I had him in my starting lineup. Robinson. These guys. Don't even get me started on these experts, right? There's no such thing as an expert. We Everybody the experts is, now. We yeah. the experts. <laughs> Everyone is an educated guesser. Yeah. All right, they just have more information, but they're still guessing. There's a there's a huge amount of luck involved in fantasy football that you can't say you're an expert at it. And I had him, I had him in there, but I but I benched him. Anyways, uh, he had 30 points this week. He had two rushing touchdowns, uh, six receptions for 83 yards. So he's getting he- heavily involved in the passing game, uh, which I like to see. Saying, bro, you just got to trust your gut and feel what rumbles. Yep. You know what so, I'm saying? <laughs> this week, there's a there's a possibility that I might bench Josh Jacobs this week. Just because he's the worst matchup out of my four running backs, so um, kind of crazy. He's the number seven running back, and I might have him. But that's a good problem to have, though. You know, that's true. It's a good problem to have. You know, I might bench my first rounder. This yeah, time. exactly. I uh, permanently bench mine because he's out with a torn ACL. <laughs> Get to my level, bro. All right. So number five is Derrick Henry, followed by Dalvin Cook, James Conner, uh, Nick Chubb, Mike Davis, and Jeff Wilson. Uh, Mike, Davis, Mike Davis filling in for CMC. Um, he had another eight receptions. I mean, he had eight receptions when he took over uh, when McCaffrey left, and another eight receptions in this game. So he's looking like a real good, real good filler uh, there for at least a few weeks. Um, Be a decent CMC flex got. until CMC comes mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Jeff Wilson at number 10. I mean, he got 
kind of has worked late after Jerick McKinnon left with an injury, but now he's kind of the only running back there. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Damn Metcalf yeah, Stadium. So that's two that more because Jordan insane. Reed went out, McKinnon went out. But then, yeah. oh, Jordan Reed with a leg injury, right? Yeah. I could have swore that McKinnon, was it was, no, he, no, he had two. Okay. Like he had that, he had one play where he went out and then he came in again and he, his turf, the his toe stuck into the turf and he rolled his ankle. Uh, and that turned into like, it turned from like, six to eight yeah. weeks. It turned out to be like, he might miss a little bit of time. And then it went to a, he could be back next week. And then he immediately went to the IR. Uh, so that's crazy. That's rough. So yeah, I point out the Niners won a game with 16 injuries. <laughs> and we didn't punt. I get, I get the team that only has a whole week. It doesn't matter. We didn't <laughs> punt the ball a single time. There was no punts in that game. Yeah. The yeah. That's true. That's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, with all these key players hurt, they still managed to put up like 60 points in the past two games. Uh, uh, yeah, it was the Jets and the Giants, but you know what? Soft don't, teams. Don't take but... this from me. <laughs> <laughs> win to win. Yep, you'll see how he goes further on that line. Let's see how it goes. All right, getting into the top 10 wide receivers. Uh, number one was obviously Tyler Lockett. 13 targets, nine receptions, 100 yards, and three touchdowns. He had 37 points. Uh, this pretty much put him up to wide receiver two uh, through the season, so... A pretty impressive game there. Um, just like you guys said, Russell Wilson's definitely cooking back there uh, and going off. Uh, Justin Jefferson uh, was number two, nine nine targets, seven receptions, 175 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, kind of funny this week because he was just dropped by uh, Detroit's uh, versus everybody this week. So. <laughs> do you guys think that this is the rookie breakout and that maybe you guys should pick him up? Or is this just? A it, it could game? be just because Adam Thielen hasn't really. Well, Adam Thielen's the only one wide receiver that's not a touchdown from Minnesota until Justin Jefferson got his later in the game. But uh, I think he should be a good complimentary wide receiver to Thielen. But I'm not sure how much. I'm not sure what happened to where they moved him out of the slot. Yeah. Oh, so that's basically okay. it. Yeah. In this game, they in first two weeks he was mainly in the slot. Mm-hmm. This time they moved him on the outside, and he had a huge game. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess Kirk Cousins has some comfortable. Uh, with the route running he saw, because I don't think he threw an interception in his direction. Is that right? Because I think I knew Kirk threw a couple of interceptions on the show, which I'm so. pretty sure that's a deep pull there. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, nothing away from Justin Jefferson. Had a great game. Was definitely there when Kirk threw him the ball. So I just think the the inconsistency from Kirk. I uh, just it's hard to trust anybody. But uh, this was that was the same the issue last year, and he did turn out to be a decent QB. He did. It took Kirk a while to. He, he can win you as, as many games as he can lose you, though. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But that, that goes for any streamer, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the number three receiver was Keenan Allen. Uh, like I said, 19 targets, 13 receptions, 132 yards of touchdown. Uh, and then Allen Robinson, Cedric Wilson, uh, Allen Lazard, Michael Gallup, Cooper Cup, D-Hop, and uh, Tyler Boyd. Um, it's kind of crazy, dude. Detroit versus everybody had had three receivers in the top ten. It would have been four if he didn't drop uh, Justin Jefferson. So well, that teaches about patience. <laughs> so, you gotta be patient. Let them develop. Are waking up, I guess. Are his <laughs> sleepers finally waking up? They're waking up. That guy messaged me this morning <laughs> and just started talking about his team. It's just like, dude, I don't want to yeah, Right? But it's rough uh, to listen to that. Hey, I mean, dude, if you got three receivers in the top ten, that's pretty impressive, especially because he just beat you. Yep. Uh, he did. He did. He did put a. He did put a pretty good whooping on me with all his teams coming out and performing. But like you said, right now we talked about Lamar didn't perform. Yeah. A D Hop was a lower top ten wide receiver this week. Uh, and then my running backs and David Johnson um, just couldn't get yardage. So 
Going back to the no such thing as an expert. Right, bro. Because the experts would have never told you to start Jerry Burrow over Lamar Jackson, but he right. gave you the better day. He did. He did. But they finished the tie. They were going against Philadelphia, who I thought would have gave Burrow more of a headache. Actually, Burrow left the game because he got hurt and then came in. Yeah, and then came back in, but he, they didn't think he was. He's getting hit a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think he got hit like eight, 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 eight times. Yeah. Eight times, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, just some some topics to talk about the receivers there. I mean, Allen Robertson, I mean, he kind of had an improvement there when Nick Foles came in. Mm-hmm. No, no, it, it was and amazing. Nick Foles is a new starting quarterback. It was amazing. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it just looked like the Chicago Bears offense looks so much more efficient with Nick Foles than with, him with Trubisky. Ah, there were a few questionable throws by Nick Foles. And there was a – Allen Robertson should have had a touchdown. Yeah, he took that away from him. Taken away. I'm not mm-hmm. happy about um, it. Yeah. ruled an interception. Uh, so, it was – that sucked. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Dude, and then, like, Cedric Wilson, he came out of nowhere. I mean, this would have been the game where I think Cooper, uh, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup could all had a good game. And that's what um, the expert said, that yeah. all three of those wide receivers should have had a great game. But Amari Cooper had a, a mediocre game. Michael Gallup started to be one of the – I think probably the number – probably the best number two receiver in the NFL is what a lot of these experts are saying. But, yeah, Cedric was Wilson was – quiet for about two weeks, though. Cedric Wilson definitely came and showed up. And put some points on the board for the Cowboys, who desperately needed it. So you had your number four wideout go for top ten. Yeah. I mean. I mean, Michael Gallup was the number seven this week, too. So, I mean, he finally had a big game. Yeah. Um, Without that touchdown, was it that big? And he said 138 yards. I'm not sure how long that touchdown went for. It was a pretty deep touchdown. Though, yeah, it was. Um, it definitely was. But, I mean, Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb are, like, barely a couple couple rankings apart um, through the season. I think Michael Gallup's number 23 and C.D. Lamb's a 27 receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then and they still want to keep using C.D. Lamb in the offense. They want to make sure he's doing that. What Cole Beasley used to do back then, but with his dynamic speed, Was they want to get him to – What are they using as, like, the, the small guy in the middle? Uh, Yeah, more like that. Basically. Uh, C.D. Lamb made that small, though. Uh, I think he's a little bit. Like, I think fast. he's six foot. I, mean, I think he's six foot, but he's yeah, he's very fast. He's but that's what Oklahoma used him for when he was there playing for that team. Is that he would use him as that that uh, speed route to get the ball as quick as hand and let him do what he can in the open field. And yeah. that's where he got. That's where his draft stock just jumped through the roof when it came to the twenty twenty draft. And then uh, so Tyler Boyd. I mean, he's the number ten receiver. Through I mean, he was number ten last week and number ten again this week. So I mean, he's. Kind of looking like he's the number one there um, going forward. I mean, he had 13 yeah. targets for 125 yards. But have you started him yet? He, I have started him, and he did give me some points this week against Gabe, but did not give me enough to beat. Um, yeah, Joe Mur- Joe Murrow really really likes Tyler Boyd. I don't know. That's kind of crazy with AJ Green being there. Um, and AJ Green hasn't really performed. I think he hasn't gotten more than 12 points in a game yet. I mean, they're going younger, and so, I think. The wideout that's going to be better than most is probably going to be T. Higgins because he's starting to develop a pretty good relationship. Well, yeah, that and he's getting a lot of passes. He's also so, a rookie as well, so he's getting a lot from Joe. And and I think yeah, I guess the generation of the newer players are coming in, and they might be pushing the older ones out. But who knows? I AJ mean, Green is still. But is it me? Because like green. every time AJ Green takes a hit, it takes him a while to get off the field. He's um, getting a little older. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't taken a hit in like two years. I mean, he's played three games now, and and. Like it just years, looks so. like he hurts every time he gets a hit this year. Hmm. Like I, he goes think, I don't know. Through the middle and he takes a hit. He's getting back into football shape. Yeah, that's yeah. true. No. That's true. Uh, all right, so getting into the uh, tight ends. Uh, tight ends. 
Doesn't even matter, dude. So crazy thing. <laughs> tight ends, the top ten tight ends this week. Only three of them were rostered through our whole league. Um, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> like, Wait till you hear um, these names. The number one uh, was just... Jimmy Graham, number two, Tyler Cross, then Eric Ebron, then Robert Toyan, and then number five was uh Travis Kelsey. Uh Jesse James and Greg Olson were somewhere in there too. It mm-hmm. just it just like I said, only three of them were rostered and it's just what it takes to be a top ten tight end this year. Uh it's it's just been random. Every every week crazy. it's another set of ten ten tight ends. So. Yeah. I think Tyler Croft might be that that special somebody because it looked like Jared Allen liked him a lot when he was throwing to him this Sunday. He might be one of those people that could I think get that, that 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 George Kittle treatment if uh, Allen could get him the ball some more. But that's a high I don't know if I'd really go that far. I mean, he had two touchdowns, but before this game, he had like two receptions. Okay, so I but just... but that he got those two touchdowns today or not today? Sorry, Sunday. Uh, maybe Jared Allen's not Jared Allen. Gosh. Josh Maybe Josh, Josh Allen is see something there. Same issue I have with Carlos Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> same thing there. And it's like, hey, maybe I can depend on that guy. Because the same thing with George Kittle. Well, George Kittle was there. When Jimmy Garoppolo came over, he found George Kittle. And George Kittle was that sleeper that eventually blew up to be a top but he, two tight end. Kittle in did it without Garoppolo. Who? He did wait, it with Beathard and Mullins first. I don't I don't believe that. I really no, believe he, that Jimmy Garoppolo was like, I need a safety blanket. The, the Let me throw it to George yeah. Kittle. He set yeah, the receiving right. record with Without. Mullins and Beathard. Yeah, he had Garoppolo for three or four games. Three how, so how long has Kittle been with the Niners then? This is his fourth year. And how long has Jimmy been there? Three and a half. Okay, so, <laughs> so the year that he broke the record right. was the year that Jimmy got hurt. He In only had three. four games. Okay, so then – And so he had 12, 12 games with backup quarterbacks. So then the other quarterbacks went down and broke the record. Yeah. All right, we're getting uh, off topic, though, because we're talking about the Buffalo Bills tight end, which I already forgot yeah, his Tyler name. Crop. Yeah, Tyler Crop. <laughs> Tyler Crop. Yeah. I don't know. Who's the other guy there that had a decent day? Was it Knox? Yeah, I think – He's like the other Johnny tight end, Knox right? No, that's Johnny Knox. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think his last name is Knox. It's it is Knox. K-N-O-S. He's actually the number one tight end there. Um, Tyler Croft's. Kind of came out of nowhere. I think with Josh Allen, it's just it's just crazy how much volume he's throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. For somebody who was pretty conservative, you know, run first guy last year, that he's just kind of sticking in the pocket, using his you know his movement to just get out of the pocket, find these open receivers. He throws really well on the run, and it just doesn't matter who it is, and it just really kind of sucks that they, they might lose John Brown for a while there. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, like you said, run first. Maybe defenses are trying to put people to spy on him to make sure he doesn't break away. And then with that one defender being left in the box to keep an eye on him, he's able to look to feel better and see somebody open. And maybe that's why Tyler Croft got lucky this week. Could be. I don't know. I think he got a lot of his work in the first half. I know it was kind of crazy. I think through the first half, Josh Allen had like 25 fantasy points and uh, John Brown and Stefan Diggs didn't have a reception. Uh, and that was because of Tyler Croft. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's nuts, man. Uh, all right, so let's get into defenses. Uh, I, I only have the top top five um, defenses this week. It was the Colts, the Bucks, the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Pats. Um, I mean, the Colts is the number one defense through the week uh, or through the year, so I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, Didn't they kind of start that game off with a pick six? Like, right away? Yeah, yeah, right off the bat. Yeah, I mean the Colts are are a solid defense. Do you think they're going to be going forward? Or? 
Uh, depending on what their schedule, if they're playing, and it looks like they're playing AFC North, or AFC East, and um, they have to play New England, and they'll have to play Miami. I don't think they played Miami yet, so that'll be interesting to see them go against Cam Newton and, of course, Fitz Magic. So um, they're going against, and they're going against. Week. Oh yeah. So I mean, what do you and, you and Nick that? Foles being there? That's going to be interesting as well too. Uh, all in all, I think Colts. I think the Colts have a chance because they're in the AFC South. They go against Jack, uh, Jacksonville. They go against Houston, and they'll go against um, Tennessee. And uh, I think they could probably put up some pretty good numbers against them. I think the Colts. I think the Colts might be a top, at least a top five defense going into the season, and then probably they're going to hold on top one for a little bit longer. Yeah, the defenses uh, were the same thing as the tight ends this week. Out of the top ten, only three of them are rostered. Um, so, I mean, defenses are just kind of just real matchup friendly, I guess. Yeah. Obviously. That's just the defense. <laughs> yeah. Well said, man. Well said. Right. <laughs> so I guess that wraps it up for top tens. Well, all right. Well, then uh, let's get into to, uh, to the news for the week on fantasy football. Here we go. Let's get into it. Football gossip. All right. Let's get with the gossip here in the NFL going on right now. Uh, first things first, congratulations to uh, Patrick Mahomes. He just announced that him and his wife are expecting. Uh, just been pregnant. So, Oh, really? Great wow. news. Yeah. He started his family. It's a good time to... To propose. Well, yeah, he proposed at the beginning of the season when he got his Super Bowl ring. Yeah. And then they just announced yeah, that they're pregnant. Yeah. Huge. So that's pretty cool. Super Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl ring, engaged. That yep. guy is Maybe top of the world right now. $500 million contract. Exactly. Uh, nothing to touch base on. Uh, Earl Thomas was supposed to work out for the Texans. However, uh, they just called that off. And I think they're going through some COVID restrictions or they got to go by COVID guidelines if they're going to try out free agents. They're probably preventing people who haven't been tested or who haven't gone through the precautions that they're really trying to be uh, focused on. And that's probably why they sent him home. But hopefully they get through that and Earl can get a workout with those guys. I think the Texans need it. Wouldn't there be a protocol like something bringing in free agents? Wouldn't they have? Like a COVID testing available for that? Yeah, well, he wasn't the only safety being brought in. I think they had five safeties scheduled to work out with him this week. And then just because of that, the COVID outbreak uh, between Tennessee and Minnesota, I think Goodell is having them reinforce or maybe look through their guidelines again and something must mm-hmm. have been a red flag there for yeah. to send him home. Okay. That's a good point. Uh, but speaking of COVID, uh, I think that's the, probably the biggest news uh, going on right now in the NFL. Uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings had a game on Sunday. Uh, three players tested positive on the Titans team, as well as five, um, I guess you want to say workers. or uh, No, one personnel. was a coach, team but, yeah, the rest were personnel. Uh, the, the players were the long snapper, uh, Bayou Brinkley, uh, nose tackle, Daquan Jones, and they have a practice tight end and Tommy Hudson, who all tested positive. For COVID, so now the teams are working from home, staying in quarantine, and doing a lot of uh, virtual um, 
practice, I guess you could say. They're going over game strategy and, and probably going over some tape as well. Uh, but per the NFL, they said that the games still should be going on for Sunday. So that means that the um, Tennessee Titans are supposed to still play the Pittsburgh Steelers, correct? And then the Minnesota Vikings will be playing the – I thought I had it on top of my head. I can't think of it now. Oh, the Houston Texans. That's who they're playing. Um, so, uh, Roger Goodell did send out a memo uh, stating that they are going through uh, the protocols for someone who tests positive for COVID. Um, they are telling the uh, teams to make sure they keep their offices and workout uh, facilities closed until they get through the process of getting everything tested and checked out with all the data they have. I mean, their watches, the cleaning, and stuff like that. So, um, the NFL was really quick to respond about, which is good, though. That means that uh, they're really trying to make sure the season goes the full 17 weeks and yeah. without having to push back. It's very encouraging, down. very nice, because they're doing everything they can to keep the season moving. Yeah. And I know they have this next guy up mentality that if you can roster a full team, you are going to keep playing. Because mm-hmm. I know there were some rumors about moving, adjusting bye weeks and transitioning, things like that. But it looks like they're going to try to keep playing. And, you know, I, I commend that. And the, the fact that the NFL league actually came out and took care of this so quickly is pretty dang nice. Yeah, that's very true. Because we all knew this yeah. was going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's going to be a positive COVID test on a football team somewhere. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is the NBA, they had to shut down their season for three months, you know, and, and, uh, and that they were right at the, the, the peak of when COVID was coming through the world pretty much. And uh, they actually, Address situation, told everyone to stay home until they could figure something safe out. And then they developed the bubble in Orlando and had all the teams go there that were uh, competing for a title, and they all played it out. And now they have the NBA Finals going on right now. So what do you think the chances are of the NFL taking that example and being like, you know what, let's have everyone go to, let's say, Indianapolis or Nashville or even Houston and being like, hey, there's a bunch of high school fields. We could even build a complex that have seven, eight fields for people to play on, practice on, all that good stuff, and just have their own modified bubble to make sure that the season doesn't go out. And they could be more on top of restricting COVID and uh, make sure nobody comes back positive. I think that's that might be a lot of lost revenue for some of the stadiums that still have yeah, fans. I was a little more greedy than the NBA. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you have a good point there, too. Think- they have a trillion dollar business. I think the same time. The biggest thing for the NFL, I think they we got lucky that the the football season doesn't start in August, so they had time to prepare compared to the other sports. Correct. They canceled the preseason for COVID to make sure that they can get everything as perfect as possible. And I use that term loosely because they were trying everything they can with social distancing, uh, testing. Uh, they have watches that players wear to make sure that they're around somebody. It registers that. How long they were around somebody to register that. So, I mean, there's a yeah, lot of... Talking about, like, face masks, right? Yeah, like, yeah. They were going to modify helmets for face there's, masks. There's some, there's some players out there that have Russell Wilson masks. actually has one yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah you see him on the sidelines with his, with his like, neck guard over yeah. his face, right? Yeah. He's, he's pretty big about that COVID yeah. um, situation and social distancing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they have, they have a probably about 20,000, I've heard. Of fans being in certain stadiums, like I know AT&T Stadium for the Dallas Cowboys, the most they had in that stadium was 22,000. You saw when you're watching the game that they were spread out as far as possible. Yeah. Uh, there were sometimes there was only two people in one row, 
I and it's and like a, a third capacity, which I mean, correct. dude, if I had a whole section of myself, <laughs> those yeah, those chairs are not small at all. I mean, they're not big. I'm sorry, they are very small to sit in there and stuff like that. So I really believe that I, they should look. My opinion is they should look into something like that. Um, if another COVID test comes back positive for another game later on in the season, I was pretty open to the bubble idea. However, I think that should have been established and decided upon well before the season. Yeah, I think right now in the middle of the season, it'd be way too hard to transition into yeah. something like that. Very good point. And I just think we're past that point unless they decide to postpone the season or something like that. If outbreaks start to get too bad, but I think they're going to go through all the options first, especially try to like shuffle around bye weeks and just try yeah. to do everything that they can. Yeah, I think that's mainly what they're trying to avoid is yeah. putting us down the lead and bubble. not pulling it off. Right, but that's yeah. but I'm saying that's what the NBA had to do. Yeah, what it happened? They had to suspend games for three months, and then they're finishing out. Uh, the season usually ends in July. We're into September and October, yeah. and the NBA Finals is just starting. So I can see if the NFL needs to suspend for two to three weeks during that downtime, wouldn't it be a good idea to just put a bunch of fields together and just have everyone be like, hey, in this uh, 20 mile by 20 mile radius, we have to stay quarantined to get this season done. So everybody can play it out, everyone get paid, all that kind That'd of be good a good stuff. Idea. I think getting all the GMs on board, though, is near, near yeah. possible. It's definitely going to take a bigger amount of positive tests for them to even run and try to consider that because. I don't think this one, this being the first one and being pretty minimal, and they were able to get on top of it, and the team they played didn't have any positive results yet. Mm-hmm. I think they're and they're going to hold of, off them before they do anything kind of a bubble. I want to say it's kind of sad to say, but the fact that it was what you said was like the long slap, the long snapper around a defensive tackle. It wasn't like key role players. It's sad to say, but I think once once if we do see key role players getting affected, that's when they'll start making more. More of a decision, yeah. Because yeah, if a QB goes out with COVID, that's 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 a huge part of the gameplay. That's going to affect teams all year. Like if KC loses Pat Mahomes for a game, yeah, they, and especially like somewhere down the road, if it became like a playoff situation game and somebody were to lose a, a quarterback, right? They were to miss a chance of making it into the wild card or something. Yeah, I wonder if it's it's a two week quarantine, right? Yeah, if they have the entire team staying at home right now. Are they still doing practices and things like that? No, Tennessee well, has called off everything. Correct. They said that the best case scenario would be that they would have to go into Saturday practice at their facilities, but I don't think it'd be a smart idea because they have to travel that day to get to where they're playing. But they would go through a walkthrough on Saturday and try to get as much information as they can right now. But I'm thinking that all they're doing in these Zoom meetings is is watching film, uh, talking about assignments, all that kind of stuff that you would go through in the classroom when you're actually at your facility. But I think Saturday would be your best bet that we have actual walkthrough practice. So, yeah, they'll, they'll be, that's, that's a little scary. Only that's one rough, gameplay. Yeah, one walkthrough. One walkthrough and then go to the game. game. That, that's yeah. a little rough. All right, well, switching gears. Oh, sorry. You had something to say? No, it's kind of safe. <laughs> cut them off like that. I, I would, I would assume that everybody has to study film at home or something. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, might might work out, might not. I mean, it kind of depends, I guess, how everybody. Never mind. Doesn't matter. Wait to add that. So, uh, coming from the Thursday night game, uh, we have a new starter in Denver, and it's Brett Rippon going against Sam Darnold's Jets, and. Uh, might not mean a lot of much to a lot of people out there, but Brett Rippon was a quarterback 
for Boise State, and now he gets his first start in the NFL. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, he's an alum of the Blue Bloods on the Blue Field. He is. It's kind of cool to see him starting an NFL game. I want to say that Kellen Moore, who's offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, he was the last BSU quarterback prospect to actually play as a starter in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see him go um, with Drew Lockout right now. Uh, and he, There's no guarantee he'll be back next week against New England. Uh, they're thinking that he might be a good shot for Miami. But it'd be great to see Brett get out there and throw some plays. to. The, who's you know, he playing, though? Uh, he's playing the Jets. The, Jets. Okay, the week so after that, he'll be playing New England. It's a soft matchup to get first, first start. That, that's right. So let's get the jitters out of the way. You know, I'm going to root him the best luck soft on Thursday up, night. But he doesn't have his number one receiver. Um, well, I mean, with Sutton, man. So if he's third he roster, he Sutton, hasn't yeah. played with any of the starting receivers. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's good luck to him. Hopefully he wins uh, his game on Thursday night and uh, gives some more respect to the, the blue Smurf turf, you know? Yeah, Boise yeah, State's definitely making a bunch of – they're getting notable players now. Yep. And I didn't yeah. think that would really happen with a small school, what once formerly a small school. Right. right. Now, but we have the – Cedric Wilson. Yeah, Cedric Wilson. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. It was a small school. But you change the culture there and you make it to where an NFL team could be like, what do you think of this player? Oh, he's from Boise State. Let's give him an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Alexander Madison got his chance behind Dalvin Cook. I, that's, and that's what I'm hoping But Dalvin Cook had such a great game. And then last season, um, with Dalvin Cook going out, I want to say Madison performed enough to be like, hey, I could stay on the roster. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if, if Dalvin Cook goes down, uh, I would hate to say that. But if Dalvin Cook goes down, maybe he can have an explosive uh, season going forward. I'm hoping they put Cedric Wilson in the offense more. For the Dallas Cowboys, so we'll see how. I don't. How the year. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many massive feet already. Dude. Yeah, it's yeah. too much. Yeah. So that's all the gossip I have for the NFL. Right on. All right. So going into some injuries for the week, not a whole lot this time, which is better than week two when we had a crazy amount of injuries. I think the most notable ones to tight end are Jordan Reed, San Francisco, with a I believe it's an ankle. I think everybody's just happy it wasn't another concussion for Jordan Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Jets of the ship has uh, Jordan Reed, uh, who he had to replace George Kittle. Um, and now Kittle's expected back, and Jordan Reed is out. So he just kind of swapped places. <laughs> like, is that Let guy just there. secretly a Niners fan? Because he has so many San Francisco players. He might be. He might be a Niners fan. Yeah. But uh, another one to uh, tight ends is Dallas Goddard. It looks like he's going to be missing a good amount of time. Also with an ankle, I believe, yeah. He hurt his ankle in the first half of the Bengals game and didn't return. I don't know if there's been any results on his MRI, but from what I hear, I think it's some extended amount of time. Um, and that affects the, the next team right there. Right? Nux over here. Yeah, because yep, he has Dallas Goddard and nobody else after that. He just got offered a trade yep. that he you know, is, is sitting on, um, actually, from the other co-host over here. <laughs> Uh, the, the no quan no cry over here. Uh, yeah, I need. Yeah, he's 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 well. He's offering me Waller versus uh, Montgomery, and uh, I have a, I have a waiver out there, so I'm hoping for that waiver to come through. I'm praying that waiver comes through tomorrow morning. There is no one in the free agency <laughs> right now that'll give you but the production that Waller gives. You. We will see how it goes. That's true. I I am. I think you should take Waller. But yeah, uh, we'll I mean see. that's we'll one thing you can say too. What's your sleeper? But um, a yeah. couple of, uh, I guess, 
kind of noticeable wideouts is uh, Russell Gage and Deontay. I guess kind of, but they, they had some pretty good games. Russell Gage and Deontay Johnson both out with concussions, so they're probably questionable for next week. I don't know if they've cleared yet. I mean, Russell Gage, I mean, if they lose him in Atlanta at least for a week, I mean, I don't know if Julio's coming back this week, but, I mean, if they have Julio and Russell Gage out, that's – yeah, it's a tough fix right there. Yeah. Hey, that means that Hayden Hurst might actually get targeted. He I'm will. Let's get those. See, the other rookie in, uh, on the Raiders, Byron Edwards, is also hurt. So the, the Henry Ruggs and the other rookie are both down at the moment. But uh, they're, not, they're not hurting with that. I think it's Renflo. Hunter Renflo. Yeah, Hunter that guy Renfro. has definitely stepped up for, for You Derek ever Clark. see that guy's profile pic? Never seen it. He is like the epitome of not a football player. <laughs> Look at him. He just looks weird. That's too funny. Uh, kind of a big loss to the Baltimore, or not Baltimore, the Buffalo Bills with John Brown having a calf injury. Might slow things down for that high-powered Buffalo offense that doesn't make sense when you say it out loud. <laughs> uh, big loss to Chicago. I'd say Tariq Cohen. Is done for the year. Yeah, they say it's a torn ACL. So, yeah, he is definitely sitting the rest of the season. We'll see him next year. And uh, I mean, that's in Brady we trust is the uh, coming owner, um, and I think that he had him as his RB one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we said that last week. Is a big loss. I think after that, all he has is. Uh, is Ronald Jones and Deion Lewis. So that's and who he's going to be starting yeah, next are, week. I did uh, offer him James Conner for Mike Evans, and he said no because he needs more talent. Yeah, which is crazy because <laughs> he has nothing. You can get lucky and, and probably find someone on the waiver wire for a wide, wide receiver. It is impossible sometimes to go in and find a decent running back to play to take up that load for an RB. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's way easier yeah. to, to – to find a flyer at wideout than it yeah. is and a running back. Yeah. I mean, James Conner outscored his entire running back group this week. Um, and like he said, no, so he said, said no. no, it's crazy. Insane. So another San Francisco running back is down in Jarek McKinnon. That makes three. Yeah. So Will and uh, Jets with the ship are going to be shopping waivers this week. Uh, Jets with the ship. He had a uh, Jarek McKinnon uh, and after losing CMC last week, Ollie was down, uh, or he only had Jet McKinnon and Daryl Henderson uh, as his RBs. So now without Jerk, um, all he's got is Daryl Henderson. So the hunt is on for the running backs. Yep, it <laughs> is. And here we, we go, Wayne Gallman. <laughs> like, I know Jarek McKinnon's nickname is the Jet, yep. but he is the slowest running back on that roster. <laughs> 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 Bowen McKinnon. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. I guess that leaves what? Jeff Wilson Jr. and. Michael Hasty as the running backs for the Niners next week. I, yeah. I, but I mean, in Shanahan's system, you it know, doesn't matter. Yeah. Army can be good, so. But they could, yeah, they could also blow up as well, like uh, Marheen did too last season. Yeah, they're they going to came out of nowhere. Kind of a beat up Philly offense or defense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point too. <laughs> no Quan, no Cry can't catch a break because it looks like Chris Godwin is also going to be missing some time. That's crazy. Yeah. He was out with a concussion. What's he out with this time? Uh, hamstring. Oh boy. Ooh, yeah. Whatever. You, why did you yeah. have to deal with that? Could be a crazy. week. Could be a month. <laughs> Depends on how the hammy's feeling. Yep. Well, hopefully he gets. <laughs> hopefully he gets that thing taken care of, man. That guy is such a beast on the field, and and Tom Brady is just missing. I think 
I think it was a match made in heaven when Tom Brady went there because Tom could be that ball where Godwin wants it. And and with Godwin being hurt, he's not really reaping the benefits uh, from acquiring so, Tom Brady. How much faith do you guys have in Scotty Miller? I don't know. Not that much. Uh, similar role, just not as much talent. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. He could he he could get enough to targets because you know Godwin not being there. Uh, call him a flex until Godwin comes back. I don't know if he's gonna like put up wide receiver two or one numbers. Well, they're going against the Chargers this week, and they're at home. So I mean, we'll see what they can do there. But um, hopefully, the Chargers can give him some kind of fits, or maybe Tom just destroys I mean, them, picks them apart. The Chargers just lost. Uh, I know they lost their safety before the year started, and uh, they just lost Chris Harris. Um, as a number two cornerback, uh, uh, he's out, I think, six weeks. So. Yeah, so that secondary might be a little softer. So Tom might have a field day that day. Nah, both we'll see how he goes. Life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, running back injury is uh, Chris Carson of Seattle, and this one could be multiple weeks. Because I kind of also heard that it might not be. It did. There, there's some talk saying that he could be back next week. There's some hmm. saying that it could take a while. But the way the injury happened – Bugs the crap out of me because that was such a dirty play. Nobody, you know, you're not supposed to grab someone's leg and twist. Yeah, well, falling down. I mean, I'm sure. I, I mean, I didn't see the play, but I mean, yeah, that's definitely a, not a good thing to do when you're playing against your opponent there. Yeah, and uh, I mean, losing losing Carson uh, could affect uh, the Bills. Cook. I mean, he's an undefeated or the battle of the undefeated with some Simone Hulk, but uh, Bills Cook has Carlos Hyde also, so. I don't think it's going to be too big a deal. Kind yeah. of ironic that he loses his running back to his favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, I think that pretty much ties up any major ones. I wouldn't say there's many updates. It still looks like Cam Akers is going to be gone for a bit. Drew Locke is still unsure. Uh, I think they're still going so, with Nick Mullins. We know that uh, Nick Foles um, took over the starting job for Mitch Trubisky. I'm kind of curious what you guys think if they take out Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurst. You think that'll ever happen? But the way that the Philadelphia Eagles are struggling this year, do you think Carson – I mean, he he was great. He got them pretty much to the finish line, and Nick Foles took over and got him to the Super Bowl. But do you think he's lost that magic to where he can win games for him again? Magic with what? Like, he's he's got no number one wideout. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, all the wide receivers are hurt. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. He doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. Now, personally, I dropped Wentz because I needed some more points, which didn't actually. He actually ended up performing, outperforming the guy I picked up. But I think you have to give it time that that team is just, that offense is not what it was supposed to be at the start of the year with losing three linemen. Miles Sanders not starting the year off right. Alshon Jeffrey's still on IR. Jalen Rager having surgery on his thumb. Then D Jackson got hurt. And then right. D Jacks having all kinds of injuries. We're kind of surprised he made it to week three without getting hurt. And but then I mean, losing so, Dallas Goddard. Like So I mean I, I yeah, I think Wentz is, is hurting for weapons, definitely. Um I do think if he had, you know, everybody, he he'd definitely still be in a point where he can win the games. Um with as many linemen hurt out, I don't know if they want to take uh, you know, hurts and and Sticking behind that beat up line where you could potentially get just pounded on all game, right? I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I do just, it, yeah, I just do it. Put in her, give Wentz a break. 
Well, I mean, it depends and on who like, they see. And then when the like, receivers come back, well, let's, more let's of a franchise quarterback. Let me pose you. Well, we draft. Well, I don't know if they drafted Jalen Hurst as a franchise quarterback. Maybe they do. Maybe they. I think hoping that he can be that more of an insurance policy. That's a good maybe. point. Yeah, but maybe he could be that guy that could spark the offense and do something. But what would you think? Who would start first in in in, in going into the rest of the season, starting next season? Do you think it'd be Jalen Hurst in Philadelphia, or Tua Tagovailoa in Miami? Because right now Miami's only one and two beating Jacksonville, and with Fitzmagic there, I mean he's definitely getting up there in age. Do you think that if they start struggling some more? Yeah, going to the line that they'll put two in there and see how well he does. For me, I don't know if that hip is one hundred percent, and they're kind of holding off on giving him the start. And Fitzpatrick isn't losing games; he's playing well. Yeah, yeah but he only won the, against Jacksonville, the and then nine he's not getting wins, but he's still playing well. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, still, I, I I think two is going to take over eventually and yeah. into next season. Well, how high he got drafted last yeah. this year is figuring that he's going to take over that franchise. Like, that's the guy that Miami this wanted. year. Yeah, um, yeah. Either this year or it's going to be next year. I'm just kind of curious. Do you think it's going to happen this year? I think it's, it's going to happen this year. If uh, I mean I don't know, maybe by like mid season. Um, you know, depending on how how they are and if they're below 500, which, I mean, I think they will be. I think at that point they'll probably start maybe somewhere around week 10. Yeah. I believe they'll put, put two on. But when's their bye week? Maybe they'll put them in and then. I'm not sure. I, I'm not, I don't follow Miami that well. To, to think <laughs> of that yeah. Miami is uh, playing Seattle this week. Um, and, and, dude, I mean, Fitzmagic was the number nine. Uh, quarterback uh, this this uh, week, and he's going against Seattle. And Seattle defense, I don't know if you if you know this, but they've allowed thirteen hundred receiving yards already through three games. And three games, that's insane. Thirteen hundred receiving Ooh, yards in yeah. three. That's games. a mile in three. Games. That is like so, far far dude, from the Legion so, of Boom. Right? <laughs> everyone's like, you could have your wide receivers have the best game against Seattle. Anybody want to say that Ryan Fitzmagic is going to be a top five quarterback this week? Yeah, I would take that wager. I would take that in Vegas to be like he'd be going it's for possible. 304 yards. He's throwing enough. He's got enough talent around him. And it's not like he's, and he's going to be playing from behind. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting. I want to see this next week. We'll put that down. We should see that if Fitzmagic goes for 350 yards, let's cut it right down the middle. And I would I would definitely take that wager. Say 350 for three. So just, just to be that? clear, though, the three quarterbacks that Seattle has played were Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and Dak Prescott, right? Fitzmagic's not on there. Okay, tier. but most of the yardage came from Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott, right? Because Cam ran the ball more. They all had – Cam Cam had 350 yards, and I think – I think uh, Yeah, da- and then I think Dak was Dak for 400 was plus. 400 plus, and Matt Ryan was also, I think, over 400. Yeah, he did yeah. 450, I think. So, so that's yeah. crazy. All right. I think that's a, yeah, that's a pretty good way to pin it right there. We'll see how Fitzmagic does against Seattle, and we'll touch base on that when we start up next week. And see if he had called a – a deep sleeper or not. Yeah. So just to finish up here, I just want to let everyone know, uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We want to keep this going. And we kind of want to get information from you guys. If you guys have a question about fantasy or just a question about the NFL in general, you can email us at uh, tmtfpod at gmail.com. Just an acronym for Teach Me the Football Podcast. So, again, that is tmtfpod at gmail.com. We'll read these emails and, and see if we get some information out is there, there. And caps or no caps in that? Touch bases on that. 
Uh, I don't think it matters, does it? Did you say? Yeah, I don't know if that matters. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's catch sensitive. But did you say that it's open to questions as well? Yeah, questions okay. uh, about the NFL, or if you have a fantasy question about who you should start. Yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna be the experts of all experts eventually, so <laughs> you can yeah. definitely give us. You got some high hopes. Give us a chance <laughs> to see if we can win, you guys. A couple crucial games, all right? We're going to start the ESPN I will, <laughs> I will never call myself an expert because there's no such thing as one. Can't all right. Experts. So we're going to try off. We didn't really know how to end the last podcast, so we're going to try it. So we're going to try to teach us out. You so just have to go into it. You, don't, yeah. you can't. That's like so. It's like giving the punchline to a dad joke and then trying to repeat it. You can't just say Well, I mean, how am I supposed to go into it without saying it? So just we're just going to go. Guys, it's right. just so bad. So teach me to football. football.